Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical man it is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Dread at Large Radio Show. Is Our Children Learning with Dr. Bohan Vargas brought to us by the Straight A Academy in Bedford. Innovation in education is their mantra. So whether your student needs help preparing for any kind of standardized test, figuring out what kind of college they would do well at, uh, getting help in a particular subject or two, or maybe they need the full Monty, maybe they need private tutelage straight a academy can help in all of those areas and oh so much more learn more at straightacom that's straightacom we continue now with dr bohan vargas manchester's superintendent uh doctor a couple things that i want to uh to ask you about you were mentioning uh the the addition of uh various course offerings at the middle schools you also mentioned uh your efforts to reduce reduce class sizes uh, at the elementary schools is this all really a function would you have been able to do this without the two million dollars that the uh, board of mayor and aldermen added to the yeah. district's tax cap budget now the two million were necessary and i appreciate the fact that the city they provide the board of aldermen uh, um, supported us and in, in giving us that resources and what i like to do is to thank them but also uh, report to them that the job is completed I made a promise uh, what the money was going to be spent, and we are spending precisely on the area that we identified. <laughs> and I've been told by so many people here, this never has been done in this city, where you say, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Then you come back 90 days later, ja is done. And as you can see in that document that I gave you, yeah. um, um, state very clearly what we promised and what we did. Well, you you did um, you did tell the school board that you would do that. The school board voted to endorse those recommendations, and the board of aldermen, um, I guess, got what it paid for, which is unlike. So see that that just makes you weird. So um, that two million dollars added what health at the middle schools for Full, teachers, yep, uh, languages Spanish at the middle schools for teachers, reading at the middle schools for teachers. Uh, couple English language learner positions which I think uh, weren't necessarily in the in the original proposal and they then were <laughs> 14 14 positions uh, were either restored or added to the elementary levels the multi-sensory reading positions were saved and uh, so a total of 31 positions were filled with that two million dollars that is correct now yeah. um, just real quick uh, uh, what was the rationale for putting health teachers in the middle schools? Well, let's begin with our community, what's going on today. We are in the middle of an opioid epidemic. And anyone who knows about middle school and that age, age 12 to 14, that um, it is extremely important for them to learn uh, and have access to a high-quality health um, curriculum and teachers. So that's what's the rationale. It, uh, actually, we have health at the elementary school, but we didn't have it at the middle school. <laughs> and um, so we, um, that didn't make sense. Take, for example, reading. When you look at our assessment by any measure, we need to improve uh, uh, in yeah. our reading area. Mm-hmm. Um, the foreign languages, that's most middle school, by very few in this country, would be running without providing the student an opportunity to have that. 
the sensory reading teacher, uh, as you can see. Um, yeah, that was, that was an important program. And extremely important, particularly with children with special need. The well, English language learner, what that allow us is to bring uh, the, um, the department, um, or th- that population, to make sure that at least we're meeting um, uh, <laughs> compliance issues in terms of services and support that they need. Uh, the, um, the two police officers. Um, oh, yeah, the, the SROs were brought back at the middle schools. We supported all that in terms of um, uh, the board and, and, um, and, and the middle school principal and the middle school community saying that they needed that kind of support. And that included, by the way, the unions, which I thank them for supporting that. Um, I... Um, and the only reason we were able to do that because we did work together uh, on that effort. Now, one of what I think will be seen as a signature accomplishment in probably not the too distant future was the overhaul to the city's uh, assessment scheme. And what I mean by that is the, the district had a number of its own required, state required, and I believe federally required uh, tests that were just pounding kids, particularly in the elementary uh, grades with tests. I mean, I've had principals tell me flat out that they spend nine weeks of the year, a full quarter of the school year, either taking or prepping for tests. And that was a concern that I know the board raised. You mentioned, as you often do, um, uh, the uh, curriculum audit that was done five years ago, and it identified significant problems with the the way the district was testing kids to determine whether or not they were learning, et cetera, et cetera. So explain in layman's terms, which mm-hmm. you as an educator found about how the city of Manchester was testing its kids, what it was doing with the results and what uh, you worked with the staff to change, which was adopted by the board back in August. But um, because I, I really think that that was a big shift that should help kids and teachers and parents and therefore education. Absolutely. By the way, talking about listening, that was consensus. That There was 100% agreement that we needed to do something about. And I, my observation was that what happened here in Manchester was that the system almost became addicted to testing. They were testing even without using the result for teaching and learning. Now, you called that unethical and immoral in prior statements. Well, to, well, to, to not, well, let me be clear. You, you said that to test a kid and then not use the results to help improve uh, their ability to learn was unethical. Oh, absolutely. If you don't share that information, you test the kid, but you ignore the result. Right. And in so many cases, not to the fault of anyone, like I say, it's like an addiction. Right, the, the the system became addicted, uh, addicted to testing, and uh, we needed to stop. And yes, you're right. That's an incredible accomplishment of this board, because the board voted unanimous. And also, we put a we surveyed the teacher and principal and, and other and uh, did an analysis. And one of the thing um, to you credit and to the credits of the board is that we no longer are, you know, going at the kindergarten and say, well, you better take this computerized testing, and we are trusting our teachers. Yeah, well. In terms of knowing uh, 
of what level is the kindergarten need to be and where that child is at. Uh, I, we, I, 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 I can tell you that the, thing, the other thing that the curriculum audit pointed out was that you could not evaluate any of your program <laughs> because, because you don't have a common metric. And that had been resolved with this now uh, newly uh, testing program that we're going to have. So tell the audience how the, how the testing program we have will work. How much time will it free up in the classroom? How much information will it provide to teachers and parents? How will it allow the district to improve instruction? In one way is, number one, when you have multiple assessments, you you have like competing data. Yeah. So now you will have a set of da- data across the system that you can compare school to school, program to program, child by child with the same metric, one in which it has been recognized as um, uh, have, having a strong uh, validity, in the, validity in the area of math and, and reading in mm-hmm. particular. So... Um, that also will allow us to provide more support to our teachers. Also, we give our teachers more time on teaching rather than more, more time on useless tests. So if, if, if principals were telling me that they were spending nine weeks of the year, you know, either preparing for or giving tests, how much of that nine weeks do you think will now be available for instruction? For that particular school, they can cut it even more than than two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so um, eliminating and it, six weeks in six weeks. Take for example the running record. You don't need to give it to all fifth grader. Right. I don't know anyone who could defend that. That you need to give that test to all. Number one, it's not designed as a group testing. So it's designed for a teacher to see where a child is at, an individual child is at, let's say, in terms of reading. And then that teacher, the particular teacher, would take a look at the data and adjust their instruction to meet the needs of that particular students. So, But you couldn't take the entire group um, um, assessment and say, I'm going to do an intervention. Also, it it used to take so long. And in addition to that, we used to give teachers support to do that test, but we took that away. So teachers were doing a lot of, um, lot of work in testing kids. We are having the time to provide them with the instruction. And by the way, I want to thank everyone who participated in this summer learning. It's, it was very robust. Um, our children were engaged, and that's one of the examples. You asked me, what would it take for this district to be great, one of the things is that children have to be engaged in learning 365 days a, a, a year in multiple places. It can't just be in the classroom, and the summer is a good time for children to be reading. And I want to thank you, our teachers, our principal, administrator, and our families, and the student himself. I had a, a kid that came to me, and I went to visit in a, a, I mean, a group of students at a summer program, and the, a child said to me, probably a third grader, say, how come are you giving me homework during the summer? I said, well, I haven't given you homework. Yes, you have. Teacher told me that I had to read during the summer and that you have this summer. You want every kid to read this summer. I said, how many books have you read? He said, I have read seven books. And um, that's the kind of 
culture that we need to have inside the organization, but also throughout our community in order to make sure that this community is obsessed with learning. So, uh, Doctor, as we kind of wrap up this segment here, because we we got about a minute and a half left, what are some things that um, parents in the Queen City can expect you to bring forward, say, in the next, uh, well, you'll be here in a month, so what will, what will we be talking about next month? What initiatives uh, or proposals, if any, recommendations, if any, do you expect to be bringing to the school board that they, uh, they might want to know about? The big one that is of interest to everyone in this community, as you know, we did the first phase of, the, um, of redistricting. Right. So you could begin to expect some merging information that might begin to shape a conversation in this community, and we're going to put an end to that. We cannot become a good district if we talk about redistricting for 10 more years. So do We you- had to bring that to a joint resolution as soon as possible, and I believe that we'll be able to achieve that this year. So do you believe that, uh, you'll be bringing forward a proposal, uh, you know, a detailed proposal on how the district should be realigned uh, before we talk on October 12th, which is your next appearance here. I won't have a proposal, but I will begin to have a conversation, um, begin, um, which is a continuation of what we did last year. Because before I shape any proposal, and I normally listen. Right. Like none of the things that, so that we had done is happening because I, I say so. Right. It because, take for example, yesterday I had a conversation about the math uh, a program in the district. Oh, it was please. a very rich conversation. And what I learned, at least in one particular school, parents have been telling me that they don't get textbook. Well, we have at least one school, Highland, yeah. uh, provide you know material for children to take home. And um, So I did learn, like for example, that we need to look, take and a look at, at what, what is working there. Highland is the one school in the district that has a uniform math program from beginning to end, and every teacher knows what they're going to be doing, and every parent can, can follow along. Correct. And now what I'm going to do is to take a look at the result mm-hmm. in terms of how are our children doing there. And if we could learn something, then that might shape some of what we might uh, propose now, there are all the schools that are doing great things that we will learn from them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could learn from every school has something to teach yeah. us in Par- terms of improving yeah. the system. Par- Parker Varney's doing something pretty interesting with how they're handling math too. But doctor, I, uh, I'm afraid we're out of time. Well, thank you so much. As always, the pleasure is ours. Folks, uh, the West Side is going to have a big day on Saturday. The Rimmon Heights Neighborhood Association holding its uh, annual bazaar at Northwest Elementary School. Be sure to pop on by from 9 to 3. Check out all of the vendors, the arts and crafts, the foods, the playthings for the kids, and oh, so much more. It's just another example of how the West Side Neighborhood Association at Rimmon Heights is uh, doing more than just... Neighborhood watch work. Rimmon Heights uh, Annual Bazaar, Northwest Elementary School, Saturday from 9 to 3. Be there or be square around the rock. Alrighty, folks, tomorrow is Friday already. We will have Russ Willett in the house. He's running for Alderman and Manchester Award 11. Mike Bistany joins us for Fitness Effects. The good folks from Auto Care Plus will be in for Auto Care Corner. Weekend weather with Al Caprillion. Will Hurricane Juan pound the New England coast? We'll get the latest from Hurricane Al. <laughs> no pressure. 
Uh, James Patrick Riley joins us for the history segment. That and oh, so much more for the entire team here at Trotter Large. I am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until Monday, be good, be well. Don't know till tomorrow. Look at that. I'm already done Friday's show. <laughs> till tomorrow, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Trotter Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.